here's to episode one. <laughs> I'm throw up, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't care. Mm, I'll let you choose. Okay, you go first. Oh, sweet Lord. Okay. <laughs> So mine is about mine. Okay. So you had said that yours is going, you were going to work on state by state, right? Yeah. So I just decided I was just going to do as many as I can on notorious Mexican, like women and men and just all Mexico. So that is what mine is on. Cause I don't okay. ever, ever really care about Mexican ones. So I was just like, let me see what I can find out. I was like, Ooh, these are good. So are they all taking place in Mexico? Yes. Okay. And they are, well, this one is Mexicans in and out, like just the entire thing. Okay. So there's a lot of translating on all of it. I'm like, oh man, I have to remember not to say some of this stuff in Spanish. So if I start speaking Spanish, you have to like- I'll stop you. I'll be like, mm, no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're going to have to help me out there. Yes, I can do that. Okay, you go first though. Go for it. Okay, so this week I did one on Florida. For, yeah, one that I had never actually heard of, but apparently this lady is super notorious and she was like one of the worst female serial killers. Oh, snap. So her name is Aileen Warnos. Warnos? Warnos. W-U-O-R-N-O-S. I had never heard of her. Nope, I have not either. But the majority of her stuff took place within like hours of where I live. Oh, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> that's so sketch. Okay, so Mother Diane was 14 and Father Leo Dale Pittman was 16 and they got married on June 3rd of 1954. Oh, snap. Less than two years later, and two months before Aileen was born, her mother, Diane, filed for divorce from her husband, Pittman. Aileen never met her dad. He was in prison when she was born, and her father was later convicted of sex crimes against children and diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, no. (laughs) In 1960, Aileen was four, and her mother abandoned her. She left her with her grandparents, Lori and Britta Warnos. Both of the grandparents were alcoholics, so not a good choice. But poor child already. And it wasn't even just her. It was her and her brother, Keith. And that was in January. In March of 1960, the grandparents legally adopted both of them. Ah, I just lost my place. Aileen began her sexual activities really early. At age 11, she was exchanging sexual favors for cigarettes, drugs, and food. And she had also been performing sexual activities with her brother. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Aileen claimed her grandfather had sexually assaulted her as well as physically abused her when she was a child. And then following that, at 14, as a result of being raped by one of her grandfather's friends, she became pregnant. 
14. Before her grandfather's friend had raped her, he had also beaten her and made her strip naked by force. She's have a, she has a pretty rough upbringing here. <laughs> well, okay, so in my head already, like, I've been thinking this for a while, but I want to look up statistics of, um, like, what are the chances of you also doing um, illegal sexual contact with anyone or abusing someone? if it has been done to you when you were growing up. Because people are like, oh, well, they were sexually abused when they were growing up, so it's going to happen. I'm like, is is that like a thing, though? Like, I don't think that's a thing, but I mean, it, it I don't know. a lot for a, a lot of these messed up stories. Right. Okay, sorry. So Aileen put the child up for adoption once they were born. I couldn't find out if it was a girl or a boy. Um, but she actually had the baby at a home for unwed mothers on March 23rd of 1971. Look, making big moves. That's very big, good step for her. I kind of think she was forced into it by her grandparents. That's probably okay. I didn't see that, but given the situation, that's normally what happens. They so, potentially saved one person from their <clears throat> family. From right. everything that's Get this on. one person out of this crazy ass family. Yes. Oh, heck yeah. So after a few months, Aileen decided to drop out of school. Incidentally, around this time, her grandfather also died of liver failure. This was only shortly after he had thrown her out of the house at age 15. This poor child, so much is happening so fast for her. Yeah. She only lived with them from age four to age 15. She'd been abused, raped, given birth to a child from one of her grandfather's friends, and then kicked out of the house. Like, what? You're asking for trouble. Yeah. So after being kicked out of the house at age 15 with no completed formal education is where Aileen really started her life of crime. She Uh, began as a sex worker. Oh, 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 prepare yourself buckle up it's this is only the beginning yeah (laughs) i should have prepared better (laughs) you being the one that can drink out of the two of us you should have prepared a drink for this one i might take jesse to bring me some booze Okay, (laughs) okay so she began as a sex worker to support herself her office at age 15 Yep. Her office, as well as living environment, was set up behind her old home where she began living. (laughs) Yes. At 18 years old in 1974, she was arrested in Colorado for a DUI, disorderly conduct, and firing a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. She never showed up to court. Uh Uh-oh. Two years later, at age 20, this is when she made her way down to Florida by way of hitchhiking. So where did she start out? Huh? Where did she start out? Michigan. Michigan. Oh, okay. So she went from Michigan to Colorado and then hitchhiked down to Florida? Yeah. Now she's in Florida. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And this is where she met Louis Gratz Fell which he was a 69 year old yacht club president fancy they quickly got married after meeting 
During this time, Aileen was involved in numerous bar fights and even went to jail for assaults shortly after they got married. I'm not surprised. So following in her lifestyle, she abused her husband with his own cane. This led to a restraining order from him just after they were married. Oh my gosh. <laughs> after multiple incidents in Florida, she returned to Michigan where she was again arrested. This time she was arrested for a bar brawl in which she was disturbing the peace. During the incident, she threw a cue ball at the bartender's head. <laughs> I mean, it could have been something worse. <laughs> yeah. Shortly after moving back, Aileen's brother Keith died of esophageal cancer. She received $10,000 from his life insurance policy. As a result of coming into money, Aileen and Fell got an annulment after only being married for nine weeks. Nine? Weeks. <laughs> yeah, nine weeks. Pretty short marriage. I bet she blew all that money too, though. Ah. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> a month later in August 1976, Aileen was fined $105 for drunk driving, which that's pretty cheap because isn't it like thousands of dollars now yeah i mean i i would hope so yeah so she used her recently inherited 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 money to pay for this fine and then blew the rest of the ten thousand dollars within two months on things like luxury cars which she crashed shortly after she didn't actually keep any of them was she driving on those two i would assume so so from August of 1971 to May of 1981, Aileen made her way back to Florida to a town called Edgewater. Fun fact, in my territory for my other job at work. Oh, man. <laughs> in Edgewater, she robbed a convenience store in which she was armed in this robbery. And she only made out with $35 and two packs of cigarettes. Ooh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Right. <laughs> For this crime, she was sentenced on May 4th, 1982 and was, was released on June 30th of 1983. So less, nah, a little over a year. For stealing? For armed robbery, basically. Like, mm, like that seems pretty problem. lenient. Yeah, yeah. So then in May of Scooting forward, May of 1984, she was caught and arrested for attempting to forge checks at a bank in Key West, Florida. It was such a big thing. I'm surprised that checks were a thing for so long with how much trouble people got into with them. Some people still use checks. I mean, I do for like, I don't know, my mortgage and like loans that I personally take the check, but three, three, three of them. Online payment, girl. What are you doing with your life? My husband likes to be a little old school. And we get free checks. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to just glaze over that one. <laughs> okay, so November of 1985, she was named a suspect for theft of ammunition and a revolver in Pasco County. Later that year, she was arrested in Miami for car theft, resisting arrest, obstruction of justice, for posing as her aunt. Oh, geez. Yeah. 
Fast forward three where, years. Where is that aunt? Huh? Where is this said aunt? Idiot. They were not close. So fast forward three years later, and this is when Aileen started her murder spree on November 30th of 1986. So within 12 months, she committed seven murders. It was around this time that Warnos actually found a partner. She and Tyria Moore started dating after they met at a bar called Zodiac. In total, they ended up being together for about four years. So remember hey, that. Nine weeks. <laughs> remember that later on in the story. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> Aileen's first victim was 56-year-old Richard Mallory, an electronics store owner in Edgewater. Mallory was a convicted rapist. Aileen claimed it was self-defense and said he sodomized her and was she was beaten after being taken into an abandoned area for sexual favors. Was that true? Yeah. Well, then that's okay. You know what sodomized is, right? Yeah. Because I had to look it up. No, I, I've listened to quite a bit of stories. Okay. At some point, we're going to have to start learning when to do this, that trigger alert thing. <laughs> trigger alert for the whole episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it, okay, as messed up as it sounds, and there have been a lot of cases where uh, women end up killing, you know, whoever's abusing them, and then they're the ones that get charged. I don't, I don't think that's bad. I mean, if somebody's raping you and you are able to defend yourself, even if it's killing them, I mean, in the end, you're going to be even more effed up because, you know, you've been scarred, but then you also killed someone. So now you're like double scarred. But man, the people like that should not be walking around. So kudos to her for offing that person. I don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, you I might, guess you might want to hold your judgment until later. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. So. Two days later, Mallory's car was found abandoned in Volusia County by Volusia County deputies. It wasn't until December that Mallory's body was found several miles away from the vehicle in a heavily wooded area with multiple gunshot wounds. Two of these gunshot wounds injured his lungs and they were believed to be the cause of death. So the other four he might have survived, but not the ones that hit his lungs. Hmm. So that was December. The second victim, we skip ahead to May 19th of 1990. Day before my husband's birthday. <laughs> David Andrew Spears was 47 years old and living in Winter Garden, working in construction. On May 19th of 1990, he was declared missing. David's body was not found until June 1st of 1990. He was found naked with six gunshot wounds from a 22 caliber caliber pistol and she his just body been around with her forever. That was the same one that she got picked up with in Colorado, wasn't it? Same type of gun. Wow. I don't know if it was the same exact gun though. Gotcha. And his body was found along Route 19 in Citrus County. So she's kind of like scattering them. Yeah. Victim number three was Charles Carscadone. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not, but it is what it is. 
a 40-year-old rodeo worker. On June 6, 1990, in Pasco County, his body was found with a shot from a 20 caliber weapon. So she changed her motives here. His body had been wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposing. So she probably did it way before he was actually found. Mm -hmm. There were witnesses that claimed they saw Warnos with the victim's car and also pawning his belongings. Oh, red flags. Big old red flag. Victim number four was 65-year-old Peter Seams, a retired seaman. In June, Seams had planned to leave Jupiter, Florida and travel to Arkansas. July 4th, Warnos and Moore, the partner, mm -hmm. were seen leaving the victim's car. Warnos's palm print was later found in the car on the inside door handle. Seams' body was never found. The fifth victim was 50-year-old sausage salesman. <laughs> Quite a variety of uh, victims here. Right. <laughs> he was from Ocala, and his name was Troy Burris. Burris was reporting missing July 31st. His body was later found on State Road 19 in Marion County on August 4th. He had been shot twice. Couldn't find what caliber of gun he was shot with, though. Okay. Charles Dick Humphreys, 56-year-old retired U.S. Air Force major, was victim number six. Humphreys was a former child abuse investigator for the state and a former police chief. His body was found September 12, 1990, fully clothed and had been shot six times in the head and torso. And his body was found in Suwannee County. Hmm. Excuse me. The final victim was number seven, was 62-year-old trucker Walter Antonio. On November 19th of 1990 in Dixie County, Near a logging road, Antonio was discovered naked and had been shot four times. Five days later, his car was found in Brevard County. So she kind of went all over the place and just like scattered the bodies and the cars. Which, I mean, I guess that's smart because if she stayed in just one city, she would have been found like hopefully a lot sooner. Yeah, but she kind of did this like crossing over up and down. Yeah. Like, she didn't do a circle or go up or go down it was all over the place yeah yeah so seven guys she killed seven guys what is your prediction of her sentencing oh gosh she probably got away with like half of it because how soon or how long after was she sentenced or was she caught i should say uh that same year Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. I was going to say, isn't there like a statute of limitations as to how long you can really be charged for crimes after a certain amount of time? Yes. A year probably wasn't long enough. No. But if she's crossing state but lines. If, I think that's only for certain things. I don't think murder's included in that. Oh. oh I God. could be wrong, but I don't think so. Because if you murdered somebody, you murdered somebody. I'm gonna say she probably got like 10 to 15 and then probably like didn't even serve like two years. 
for like good behavior or some stupid thing like that. So 10 to 15 years per murder or total? Total. Okay. My clothes? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> On July 4th of 1990, Warnos and Moore left Seam's car after they had been involved in an accident. They had been seen in the victim's car and witnesses provided names and descriptions matching both of them. And a couple of other witnesses statements that I saw said that they were like drunkenly stumbling out of the car with beer cans and stuff falling out of it. Go figure. So it's following along her pretty normal route here. At what point did people realize or start littering and like throwing their cans out as they're driving? So whenever they stop, this is not happening out of their car. But don't give people advice on how to get away with it. That's not the point of it. Well, I mean, even going back, like she touched the car with her bare hand. Like, don't you know there's fingerprints there? Come on. She's Watch not it. the most cautious. Watch a movie or something. <laughs> Netflix and chill wasn't a thing in the 90s. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Property belonging to the victims had been found in pawn shops with matching prints from the abandoned car. Since Warnos had a criminal record in Florida, her prints were on file and were a match for those found on the victim's missing items. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. On January 9th, 1991, they finally arrested. Oh, wait, 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 wait. January 9th, 1991, they finally arrested Warnos at the last resort bar in Volusia County, which is like right next to us, Daytona County or Daytona Beach. Okay. Moore was located and arrested the next day in Scranton, PA. How did she get from Florida to Scranton so fast? Yeah. And alone. And alone. Hmm. Moore agreed to confess information in return for immunity from being prosecuted. Oh, snitch. Moore was brought back to Florida and set up in a motel. Remember, these two had been together for four years. Would you snitch this easily on a four-year relationship? I mean, I don't think so. A lot happens in four years. (laughs) Never know. So in cooperation with the police, she reached out to Warnos several times to help clear her name. After three days, Warnos confessed to the murders, but claimed the men tried to rape her and she killed them in self-defense. All of them? All? All seven? Really? In one year? And then you just so happened to steal all of their things afterwards? Also, you were working as a sex worker. So I'm not saying where to draw the line, but where do you draw the line? I mean, at some point you can still say no, but I mean, in the guy's defense, if they paid and there was an agreement as to what you were going to provide, agreement's an agreement. So on January 14th, 1992, her trial for Mallory took place on January 27th. She was convicted of Mallory's murder with testimony from Moore. At the time of her sentencing, psychiatrists said she was mentally unstable and had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. 
She seemed very social to me. Not nice kind of social. No. Four days later, she was sentenced to death for his murder. What? Uh... Two months later, on March 31st, 1992, Warnos pleaded no contest to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears, claiming she wanted to get right with God. Her statement in court included this. I wanted to confess to you that Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but the others did not. They only began to. <laughs> yeah. Where do you cross the line on that? Only began to? So you stopped them? Someone stopped them? Well, I mean, she killed them. Okay. So... <laughs> On May 15th, 1992, she was given three more death sentences. Heck yeah. In June 1992, Warners pled guilty to murdering Carscadone. In November 1992, she was given the fifth death sentence. So that's, okay, all concurrent, all together. And since she was diagnosed with um those two things that you said in the beginning did she even actually serve any time ah. you have to wait <laughs> during the trial they tried to bring in evidence that mallory had been tried for intent to commit rape in maryland that was her first victim oh okay and that he committed he was committed to a maximum security correctional facility that provided remediation to sexual offenders so her and her legal team retrieved records that did indicate that from 1958 to 1962, Mallory was committed for treatment and observation for an assault with intent to rape charge and was in treatment for eight years. The judge refused to allow this evidence and denied Warno's request to retrieve it. So they found out this information, but it wasn't admissible in court. Mm. Okay. Throughout the retelling of these stories, Warnos was inconsistent. At one point, she said all of the men had raped her while she was a sex worker, but later took that claim back on self-defense. She, she has had a lot of movies and stuff made about her and documentaries. So in an interview with Nick Broomfield, a filmmaker, mm -hmm. she thought that the cameras were off when she said this. And quote, it was in fact self-defense, but couldn't stand, but I couldn't stand being on death row where she had been for 10 years and wanted to die. Oh, so using the psychopathy checklist, she scored a 32 out of 40. Scores about 15 and higher are consistent with a psychopath diagnosis. Yeah, she's about to crazy. Yeah. I could have so, told you that probably like by the time she was 16. Probably even earlier than that. I mean, poor thing. She went through a lot growing up. Not okay for what she did, though, in her adulthood that she was in full control of. No. So, Warnos was in the Florida BCI death row for women before being transferred to Florida State Prison for execution. She filed an appeal in 1996, but was denied. In 2001, 
She stated she was trying to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate her appeals. She wrote, I killed those men, robbed them cold as ice, and I'd do it again too. There's no chance of keeping them alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I'm so sick of hearing she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm the only one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Dude, that shit crazy. Yes. So finally, she was executed on October 9th, 2002. She declined her last meal and drank a cup of coffee instead. See, even more proven that you're actually crazy. Who declines a meal? <laughs> at this point they had put the $20 limit on it so you couldn't get like steak and crab and yeah the good stuff got it so her last words were yes I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus June 6th like the movie big mothership and all I'll be back I'll be back. Girl, so you... She died yeah. at 947. Oh my God. And she's had several documentaries and television shows made about her and based on her life and crimes, as well as a movie, which I'm going to watch this one, starring Sharice Theron as Warnos, that won an Academy Award for Best Actress. Ooh, when was this movie made? Uh, oh, why do you have to ask me that? You said it's Sharice Thurwood. That name sounds really familiar. She's blonde. She's um, she's relative to our generation. Yeah, she's South African. When was it? Two thousand three. Ah, it was that monster. Yeah. Oh. I'm putting uh, it on my Christina Ritchie, Bruce Dern. If you watch the movie soon, you'll have to let me know how it is. Okay. That's crazy. So, yeah, she. Like, at the end, so then she said, she even sat there and said, I'm telling the truth. I'm tired of people telling me that I'm crazy. Then, why did you sit through all of those trials and court dates and all of that? and with all of these bogus lies like why not just fess up then you were going to be on death row regardless she's a psychopath that's too, that's too much so at one point like after she did like the first murder is it kind of okay for people to be like well she had a really messed up childhood like let's give her another chance and then she continued to do all this you know i mean she really didn't have a fair shot if we're being honest no she did not and it doesn't really sound like anyone was really trying to help her either. No one stepped in. Like, even her own mother abandoned her at age four. But what did the president of the Yacht Club? I mean, did he have anything to get off? I mean, I, I know he was only there for nine weeks, but... Well, not even the full nine weeks, because remember, she went back to Michigan. Oh, yeah. So probably like three days. Right. Like, <laughs> she probably was like, oh, sugar daddy. Oh. And then 
the way that it sounds, since she used the money from her inheritance to get the annulment, it doesn't sound like he was so rich. Yeah. Made it seem. But then again, how much was really an annulment back then either? If a drinking and driving ticket was $105, an annulment was probably not much. Probably not. Because I know if you get married in certain, I don't know if it goes according to the state, but some places, if you get an, an annulment within a certain amount of time, I mean, it's kind of just like a wash because you already paid for the marriage certificate and all that. And that's usually the most expensive part. But it wasn't that expensive here, so I can't, I don't know. What do you mean it wasn't that expensive here? Like you've had one? The marriage certificate? Oh. Yeah, I've had the marriage certificate, obviously. But no, not a not an annulment. No, no, no. No, no, no. Definitely not. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no. I was so confused. He's over that time limit anyway. <laughs> I feel like the putting the baby in you thing kind of <laughs> end of that dude that was that's intense I had never heard of her yeah me how have we never heard of her I haven't even heard her like be covered on other podcasts or anything either no and that's a good one that's crazy she's a little wackadoodle oh man so Nuts. Yeah. But she never even had kids after that either. No. She was working as a woman. Well, she was still working as a sex worker. Well, true. I mean, that's probably a good thing that she didn't have any more kids. Hopefully when they when she gave that one kid up for adoption, hopefully they did that closed case so she that child can't find her and find all this stuff out because that would be scarring i think it was because i couldn't find any information about the kid good that's so. super good so potentially one good thing happened from all that it'd be better if it didn't happen oh well, yeah at least the kid escaped nobody else did but the kid did i wonder if she something like that the kid the murder person ends up killing their grandparents and stuff like that i was waiting for that at one point but then the i never found anything that the grandmother did anything but the grandfather did and the grandfather's friends but the grandfather died but you think if the grandfather and the grandfather's friends were involved the mom or the grandma probably knew something was up she probably did but it could be like a younger situation where they just like swept it under the rug That'd be awful. 15? Oh, 14? No, that's not cool. Well, thank God that she's not here anymore. Yeah. I really didn't expect her to get the death penalty. Yeah, I was kind of shocked but, by that. Usually people get like a slap on the wrist and then they don't even serve anything because they plead insanity or whatever. I definitely thought that's where I was going to go. To do that. And it sounded like the judge that she had was a hard ass. Yeah, good, as he should be. Okay, so have you ever heard any, um, like, serial killer stories about any ones in Mexico? I've heard of some, like, where people commit, like, they start out here, and then they run to Mexico, and then they come back. Yeah, I haven't heard any in Mexico. I've heard 
like running across the border. Yeah. I think I need to diversify my podcast that I listen to. But this one is actually about a group of four sisters from Mexico. Um, so I couldn't find if they were born in Jalisco, which is a state, or in Guanajuato. But their names are Maria Delfina, Maria de Jesus, Maria Luisa, and Maria del Carmen. Huh? I see a theme here. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. So they were actually known as, and I'm, hopefully I don't butcher it, Las Poquiantes. And that name is important for further on down the road. But so they grew up, got my notes here on paper because I'm still very old school apparently. Um, so and then I wrote them up because I thought it would be easier to read. At some point I'll type them up, but I literally just carried my little notebook around with me everywhere I went. Anytime I was on my phone, it was doing research on this. So instead of typing it all, I'm like, I'm just going to write it all down and keep my own little podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So their dad was extremely strict, which most dads are, especially for Mexicans, a little more strict than the average um, father, but this took all place in like the 1945 to like 1960s ish. Okay. So a long time ago. And so I'm sure that they were a lot more strict, a lot more strict back then. Um, so the girls got in trouble for little things like wearing makeup. If they went out on the street by themselves without a parent or without one of the sisters, like these four sisters were all extremely close. Obviously, they all have Maria in their name. Like, <laughs> their mom was extremely religious, if you can't already tell. Um, okay, so their dad was super strict. <clears throat> he was a part of the local militia, and he he was strict for absolutely everything. So the girls got caught wearing makeup, and so he decided to lock all of the girls up in their house as punishment. I mean, I know when I was growing up, I wasn't, you know, allowed to wear makeup till I was like 15. I couldn't even wear nail polish. And if I did, it had to be like a very nude color. So, and, but that's just trying to keep it more natural, like no makeup. You can't do anything like color wise to your hair until you turn 15. And then you have your quinceanera. And after that, you know, you're more of a, a woman. So oh, you have yeah. more of a say. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, go for it. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. What bright color do you want to do your nails today? <laughs> Let's go say hi to my grandma. <laughs> um, okay, so he was a part of the local militia. After a while, he started abusing his power, though. So I think I think they were at some local bar. And so their dad, Isidrio, with all of these other guys that were, and I'm assuming that they were guys, because I'm back then, I don't think women were really welcome to protecting their community like that mm -hmm. but I, i'm pretty sure it was at a bar that they got in some type of argument their dad ended up killing somebody like i think he just shot him after like some type of disagreement and i couldn't find what the disagreement was but i'm sure i had to you know it was at a bar so somebody was probably pretty hammered and didn't like what somebody else was saying but so then the community decided that they wanted to revenge on dad for killing because i guess this guy that he killed was a really good dude so, you know, back in the day, communities, if they shunned one person, they shunned the whole family. So the family decided they were going to relocate. Um, so that way they could, you know, save their dad. So 
he could survive because being that strict, his whole family was like, well, we still need to keep him though. He's valuable to the family. So they moved to a place. Why? Why what? He said he's still valuable to the family being that strict. (laughs) No. You know, a, a dad is important, but I mean, when I couldn't find anything positive about him I'm like is he that important though like do you need to take him with you like you can just leave him y'all can leave right just go start a new life like why are you trying to bring the problems with you yeah yeah well okay so then when they relocated I mean the sisters kind of grew up so with the strict dad anytime that they would complain to their mom about how strict their dad was all she would say was just pray on it like she did the normal housewife things not so much raising the kids because any free time she had she was spending it in church so literally any complaint any concern that the girls had it was pray on it pray on it Were they well, yeah mm. Mm. okay yeah so i already see issues <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that these four girls end up doing it kind of sounds like they end up killing her dad. That would that would probably be uh, that'd be a good guess, but you know what? I actually didn't even find anything as to what happened to their dad, so I don't even know. Just but as they were getting older, and you know, keep in mind that back in the day, people dated younger and younger all the time. Like now, people are well into their twenties before they even have a first boyfriend and girlfriend. Back then mid-teens they were already dating or married and had kids and all that fun stuff so the oldest sister carmen started dating um some gentlemen and they ended up buying a bar together um they were making some money not as much as carmen wanted so any profit that they were making her boyfriend ended up just drinking it all away at their bar of course so yeah (laughs) so after their bar went under she decided she's what he drank them under pretty much like yeah um so they broke up she started dating somebody else and um i think they i think they moved like they relocated again so they started out either in jalisco when they were some two of the sisters were born there the other two were born in guanajuato and i think they ended up moving to guanajuato and that's where she met the first boyfriend with the bar I think they relocated again, but I couldn't find where. Um, But so then Delfina started dating another gentleman. Delfina convinced her sister, or sorry, Carmen, the oldest, convinced her sister Delfina to join her in this new bar venture. She wanted to open up her her own bar since she saw that there was money and chances of a better opportunity for them. So the two sisters ended up doing pretty good at it and they convinced their other two sisters to do it so now all four sisters are involved well as they saw that they were making good money with just having a bar setting um, they were successful at that they wanted to expand so they started trying to recruit pretty young gals to come and be a brothel hold on <laughs> they decided that they were going to start recruiting these pretty young gals um, in like other poor towns and cities and whatever. And then they would bring them back to their bars to be waitresses and maids and kind of just do odd and ends. So then their pitch to them was 
since you live in such a poor area now, like you're so pretty, you can put that to use and you could be making so much more money over here and we'll take care of you and all of that, <laughs> all of that fun stuff. So <clears throat> that's hilarious. <laughs> so the sisters, um, with as many bars as they were opening, they ended up bribing the, the police there to let them continue opening all of these bars. And I think at some point they weren't even called bars anymore. But since they had the cops on their side and the cops weren't really watching what they were doing, they would, you know, just walk by and like whatever they saw, they just brushed it off and didn't pay attention to it, I guess. So little did the cops know later on that that was a huge mistake they started doubling up as a brothel on their bars. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said recruiting pretty young women, I was like, oh no, no, no. Yeah. Like they literally, I mean, especially when you're in these poor areas, like it's not like anyone's being all done up with makeup. Like now everybody's like done to the T. Like, so what are their definitions of pretty? But it's not like I could really find that many pictures, but um <clears throat> So as they were finding these pretty girls and like recruiting them to bring them back, they would save the really pretty ones for the highest payer. So I'm not even sure how one of them just decided one day, hey, let's just start having sex workers working in our bar and let's not even have a bar anymore. Let's just make it all a rot. Like, I don't know how they like came to that. What? It's probably like an inn. Yeah. It's so crazy. That's crazy to me how people are just all of a sudden like going from making money selling alcohol to entrapping people and having it be like a slave sex slave shop. Like, I'm sorry, what? You get all that from wanting to sell somebody a shot of tequila in Mexico? <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't be drinking tequila. <laughs> um, okay, so they would save the prettiest girls for the highest payers. After a while, if these girls were losing their good looks or their highest payer would complain that they didn't receive good as treatment as last time or as another girl or what, I mean, if they got tired, if they happened to get sick, if they were not killed, they were locked up in a room and were starved to death. Or the sisters would convince the other girls because they had, I mean, they had tons i mean they had more than five bars and i'd say they probably had at least 20 people or 20 women working so i'm just rough numbers there we'll, we'll get more into the numbers towards so the end but. like sex slaves huh these are just like sex slaves oh 100 like they would be locked up in on chains like they were they were never allowed to leave once you came in, they quickly realized what kind of a hellhole it was, and they were stuck. Like, there was no leaving once you got, unless you died, obviously. Um, so I think at some point, when they were buying their bars, they actually bought one in San Juan de Lagos. I'm not sure where at in Mexico that is, um, but they bought it from somebody named El Poquiantis, which is how these girls got their names. They didn't like that name, but after they were having so much success with the bars, then the, when it became the brothel and they bought it from this guy, the name just kind of went hand in hand, I guess, and they enjoyed it. So 
after I kind of started doing some research on how many women they had that were working for them, um, Guinness World Record has them in, listed in there as the most prolific murder partnership in history. And then, keep in mind, it's four sisters. Like these four sisters that their dad was super strict and never let them wear makeup, never let them go outside, like was just strict any type of way that you could think of. And then they're enslaving these poor girls. Like, what? what? Yeah. Like, where do you come up with this idea? No idea. But this is like one of the biggest prostitution rings uh, in history of Mexico from four sisters. Like the oldest two were like, hey, we should have sex slaves. Let's recruit our younger sisters to also join in on this venture. And for them to be okay with it and go along yeah. with it. Yeah, and not think anything of it. And their mother was super religious. So I'm like, mm. what does their mother think of this? Or is she dead? I didn't really, once the stories started talking about the sisters, mom and dad were just, besides the dad killing the one person at the bar and how religious the mom was, that was really about it. And I couldn't even find, I mean, I'm sure I could have digged a little bit more, but all I found that she was just super religious, but knowing that it's a Mexican and knowing that all of their kids' first name starts with Maria, I'm assuming she's Catholic, which is like another red flag, but you know, that's just, that's just me over here. That's, that's for another day. Yeah. 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 That's a whole nother situation. <laughs> so after a while, I think, you know, I told you that Carmen was dating the first boyfriend um, when they had that first bar. And then she convinced her sister to do the bar with her. And then they recruited the two sisters. So then Carmen ended up dating this gentleman named Herman. I'm not even going to try and say the last name because I'm going to butcher that one. Um, but he was an ex-army captain that also happened to work as their security. And I couldn't really see that anywhere that they were dating, just that they were lovers. And so all of the girls that worked there ended up taking orders from the four sisters, this Herman guy, and then also... Carmen's son, or sorry, Delfina's son. And I, I assume that- have time to have babies? Well, <clears throat> it's funny that we talk about babies. Oh no. <laughs> trigger, trigger, no, if it, the whole thing hasn't already been one. <laughs> so I couldn't find anywhere that Delfina was actually dating someone, because I know Carmen was, but Delfina started dating or was a lover with this gentleman and then i'm assuming that that's also the father of her son raymond but i couldn't find confirmation on that but so since the sisters the four sisters were all in control of all of the employees all of the sex slaves there and then so was um her son raymond his nickname ended up being El Tepo. not sure what that means or why he got that nickname but watch it be something super horrific like the murderer well, I mean, I couldn't find anywhere that he did anything to the girls, just that he was also in charge of giving orders. So it's not like any other orders were good there, but maybe he just was like, you know, this is kind of what my mom and my, my aunt told me to do, so I'm, you got to do it type of thing. I don't know. I guess I'm just hoping for the best at this point because it gets a little worse. So we talked about that if the girls got sick or if they started to slack, that they would be killed, whether it was they were starved to death or they were shot. Um, or if the other girls would be told to beat them with just like sticks, like anything little, like legit beat to death with sticks because all of your colleagues are being told to do so. So everyone beats them with sticks? 
the all the girls that were working. So the four sisters and then the boyfriend, security guard or whatever, the lover, and the son would tell the other girls to beat the ones that were slacking with sticks. And then like beat to death. So not just like beat, like beat to death. And then well, not working enough or hard enough. Is that like, hey, your BJ sucks. You need to do better. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting from it. That's not I mean, fair. No, not at all. And I can't imagine that doing this kind of controlled sex work is even fun. I mean, like, it's not like you expect them, like, not. No. you know, that you have to be on top and, like, we'll take turns. Like, no, like, I'm assuming that they're just at this point always getting raped. But right. Because at that point, what do you do? Just, like, lay on the bed? Okay. Take me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And not that I want to know those details either, but, uh, yeah. So after the girls were dead or starved so much that they were, they were just not coming back, their bodies were either burned or they were buried or disposed of throughout the town and throughout their bars, I should say, throughout the bars in the, the towns and surrounding. Do you know how many of them there were? Mm-hmm. We'll get oh, there. Oh, no. There's more. So going back to the babies thing. If the girls ended up pregnant, if their pregnancies were not terminated, once their babies were born, their babies would be taken and killed. No, 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 no. I know. I'm sorry. I warned you. My eyes are twitching. I'm like, oh my God, this is so awful. But I love telling this story just because. No, that's more, that's way worse than like an adult getting killed. Right? Right? Oh, I wonder if. I could have sworn somewhere I saw like how many fetuses they like. Oh, um, I don't even want to know that. Like you're already giving me nightmares tonight. I know. I'm sorry. Oh God. We'll go I on a letter. Yours is rough. Yours is way rougher. God, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. There, there was just no way for me to just go in light to this. But we can go on a light or no. It's, I think it's like the best part so far. You want to know what their diet is? The girls' diet. Tequila? <laughs> I wish. I'd probably be able to function a lot better <laughs> with tequila like, in that type of a situation. Um, beans and tortillas. Hold up. They want these women to perform sexual acts. I know. All the time on so beans like bean? and tortillas? Yeah. See, these I told poor you. men. <laughs> what? These poor men. I know. Just come oh. out like, okay, I'm gonna get a hot piece of ass. No, you're gonna get a fart box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I read that and I was like, we went from like all of this information to all of a sudden, hey, by the way, this is their diet. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good idea. Oh man. What the hell? I mean, they could have at least done rice, beans, and tortilla. That's just too much. I can't even order a burrito with beans and sleep in the same room as my husband. <laughs> because of you or your husband? Both. <laughs> what about a gas chamber? All <laughs> the these women are being fed beans. They get burned, but not quite a gas chamber type, but they do get burned at some point, yeah. 
Oh, uh, that's not what I was talking about. I meant for <laughs> you just yeah. Okay. Some some of the things that I was reading, like, and even the comments on there, they're like, so do they know that they could have just used a gas chamber if they were just wanting to kill multiple at once instead of just burning them like that? And I'm like, because you think when you're burning a body, there's like an odor to it, so you think get death. Yeah, you, but you would think that, like, it's a stench that you, you're like, that's not right. So you think people in the community would have known, right? But no one knew. Like, no one was saying anything. The girls are being I'm listed. not hard to believe. I don't believe that. Right? I, like, some of the girls are being listed as missing, but they were living in poor areas. So it's not like, you know, they had search parties going out or a phone to really just call all of your neighbors like that, you know? Is this an era where they had like caravans where people would like jump on and just go? I mean, I in the late fifties. Uh, well, I mean, sixties and seventies were like the era of love and drugs and. Yeah, I don't know a lot of this stuff. I mean, the way that they talked about how the the four sisters would go to like the poor areas around like cities and states. The way they made it sound, it was like, yes, they were on a mission, but like they were just kind of at that point, like kidnapping whoever they could find, because that's what that ex-military guy did. Like he would just help them go and pick up chicks no matter how it was. So I'm, I'm assuming that if they approached a girl and she was like, nah, I'm good here. You think they were gonna gonna be okay with somebody telling them no? I don't think so. They don't seem like the type to just take a no, you know? Yeah. But so, I mean, <clears throat> that's all pretty bad. All of it is awful, but that's really- Do you think? I mean, that's, yeah. That's all I got though on that part. So okay. it doesn't get any worse than that. So Raymond, um, Delfina's son, El Tepo, he at some point gets into an argument years later with a cop and this cop happened to be, um, a police guy with the deputies that weren't being bought out by the sisters. So when they got into an argument, Raymond got shot and killed in a bar. And so when that got out and this cop went back and started talking to these other cops and was like, well, this is what happened. Well, obviously his mom, Delfina was like beyond upset because they've been paying all of the cops in their area, except for these guys, I guess. I'm not sure how they just missed a group of cops but it might have been like a newer bar that they opened up because they opened up bars throughout all of this but so since his son or her son got shot <clears throat> and the cops started talking shortly after that things started to really unravel for the sisters because they had a gal escape her name was catalina ortega somehow she escaped i think she was actually like locked up in like chains and somehow happened to get out i read a couple different articles that said that she had been starved so bad that her ankle literally just like her foot just like slid out. And I was like, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking like those shackles like that they would use back There's in the heavy like, metal ones. Yeah, that yeah. just hears like clink, clink, clink every time you walk. Could you imagine how small your foot would have to be to just like literally slide out of there? Like that's scary. Although and she must have like a tiny ass foot because my <sighs> nine and a half would never fit through there. I know. I was thinking about that too. I was like. You had to really bend to get out of there. But I mean, when there's a will, there's a way. And this girl wanted out. 
and finally a girl oh, got to like break your ankle and yeah yeah but she got out she told the popo what's been going on in the leon and um she as she's telling the popo about this that it's been happening for years and that there's been multiple multiple women and even just her location that have been shot or killed or however burned and whatever then the cops decided that they were going to raid the bar while she was at the police station she found out that not only her but a bunch of the other girls had been reported missing throughout the years and that people were still looking for them and not giving up so kudos to their families because i would i would need closure i would need to know something right in order to grieve it but so the cops went and raided the bars and they found lots of girls like super malnourished they found girls that were in the middle of working and they found girls that were being chained and then once those girls saw that there were cops there they were like okay we're like this is this is it we're going to be free and they started spilling everything that they had experienced while they were being held hostage basically with all of these sisters at all the bars and so the girls started telling the cops where they needed to be digging and how many like some of them were like keeping diaries and journals and like so that way they could tell their story to someone but so <clears throat> the cops started digging and they found a minimum of 91 murdered people like of their like bones and bodies that they found the sisters killed over 150 people just the sisters alone so that's not including if um, delfinas and raymond killed anyone or if that ex-military hitman guy that's not even including those two or that the other employees killed because you know i told you that some of those workers also had to beat the other ones with sticks. That's not including those. Literally just the four sisters killed over 150 women. How do you hide that? I know. And like, apparently like when they started digging up, they didn't even really have to dig that far, like that deep. Like some spots it was like body on top of body and then other spots you just like brushed it a little bit and there was a body. So like at some point these weren't bars anymore. They were just legit brothels. And they were brothels that were functioning as brothels on top of dead corpse. This is a giant graveyard. Yeah, it is awful. So do you want to guess um, how much time they served or what they were sentenced to or whatever? I'm going to say they were all sentenced to death. All of them? All four sisters? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so the police there and in those communities were really worried that for the four sisters' safety. So they sent them to Irapato City Jail further down the road, I guess, because that was one of the places where they didn't have a bar, apparently. So Carmen ended up actually dying of cancer. That was the oldest. Luisa had left for Veracruz because she wanted a better life. And then um, but she had actually turned herself in after a while, but um, Delfina and what was the other one? The other sister, the fourth sister, Maria de Jesus, were all arrested. All three of them, since Carmen died, <clears throat> were sentenced to 40 years, and that was a maximum sentence at that time. Yeah. Hold up, so, 150 people, and you only get 40 years? Mm hmm. So Carmen died. Got sentenced. Huh? 
How old were they when they got sentenced? Um, honestly, I don't know. They didn't it's serve like, very long though. Because Carmen died before, so she was never even tried. Louisa, um, Louisa, Delfina, and then Maria de Jesus, they were all, like, they served some time. Delfina actually ended up dying in jail in 1968 because they, I guess, had some construction crews working, like, on the floor above her. And one of the employees accidentally dropped a bucket of concrete on her, on, like, on her head, and so she was killed instantly. And Louisa, yeah, so Luisa had actually like left. She like ran off with someone to Veracruz because she wanted to actually pursue a better life. She was tired of the brothel life. <clears throat> but so then she turned herself in after a while and she actually ended up dying alone in her cell in 1984. So I think she served the longest sentence because I think Delfina's was in 1968. But so Maria de Jesus, was freed and I couldn't find any reasons as to why she was freed or when she was freed or what. She kind of went MIA. All they could kind of put together was that she met someone when she was in prison and when she was released for whatever reason, <clears throat> they ran away and got married. And that apparently after that, they kind of just saw off the grid. Yeah. What? Yeah. So what happened to the brothels after they all got arrested? Oh, it was all shut down immediately. As soon as those, as soon as Catalina, I think her name was, Catalina Ortega, as soon as she got out and she went and told the Popo what was going on, by the time they were, I don't even think she was done with her story before they were sending deputies over there. The moment deputies walked in and saw what was going on, all of their bars instantly were shot down. So the boyfriend didn't get anything? I didn't see anything on that. Like a lot of the stories that I found, like <clears throat> the papers and even like videos that I watched, because there's a movie on this it, and it's called Las Poquiantes. I'm, it's on my list to watch this weekend, actually. <laughs> um, but once people got going as to like details on what they, these four sisters did, like no one even cared about people that came into work with them or for them. They just cared about what the four sisters did. So that's kind of just what I went with. But. What? But like, I was really annoyed that Carmen didn't even, like she didn't even make it to actually be punished. She just died of cancer. She was the whole brains behind all of this. And then she just dies of cancer. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, cancer's awful, but I mean, I can't imagine that. You she, didn't died. Even, like, she didn't even pay for her. Yeah. Like, wow. I don't feel like she really went out like thinking she did anything wrong, especially for being the oldest. Like, what kind of example did you set for your sisters? Like, that's awful. A bad one? Not cool. Oh, God. But yeah, that's the story of Las Poquiantes. That's nuts. Yeah. I can't believe that all they got was 40 years. And that that was the maximum sentence. Like, can they do, like, 40 years for each body? Like, holy cow. Oh, they killed over 150 women. That's insane. That's crazy. That's not even including the babies. So there's probably like 200 altogether. Yeah. And then I'm sure at some point a family member came for somebody. Yeah. And then they probably killed that family member. Probably. 
Well, and then on top of that, like when they, back in the day, especially then, how do they terminate pregnancies? Because period, even menstrual cycles from back in the day to now are way different. Like I'm sure they weren't getting them routinely. Like nowadays it's very normal for you to get it, you know, every month, every 28 days or whatever. They probably like poisoned them or had some kind of apparatus that would. Yeah. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. That's like those poor girls. Not the sisters, obviously. Screw them. <laughs> That's awful. But it's just crazy to think like how fast like they were just like, now we're just gonna open up a franchise of brothels. What? I don't even know that you could categorize it as a brothel since they were all held there against their will against their will yeah well i mean it was either a brothel that it was called and things that i read or a massive prostitution ring yeah that sounds what i would go with yeah oh god damn yeah that was bad you really fucked me up with that one (laughs) i know coming in hot (laughs) i was not prepared for that i really wasn't Let's see if I can top it off next time. I'm not to one up myself every time. No. <laughs> no. Brainwash it in. I I will see what I can do. God damn. That oh that makes my stomach hurt, dude. That was bad. Oh. You're gonna continue to do ones in Mexico? I am. I'm hoping that they're not all that bad. Like, I mean, especially because so I think two of the sisters are born in Jalisco and my family is actually from Jalisco. Yeah. So when I was talking to Jesse, I was like, I don't really want to do too much digging on their family tree in Mexico or mine right now. <laughs> I'd just rather leave it at what it is. That's scary. Don't want to dig and find something you don't want to know. Yep. Definitely not definitely not Eek. <laughs> okay well that's our first episode yay from squared